Okay, glad to be back on Friday. I'm going to be talking about Alvin Dadson, who was a victim of Colorado police brutality, a black homeless veteran. Okay. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Make sure to subscribe after the video is done. Later. Let's get into it. with calls now for an investigation into three Colorado Springs police officers tonight. Attorneys for a black veteran are demanding a criminal probe after a traffic stop ended with a veteran in the hospital. Investigative reporter Sean Rice is live outside Colorado Springs Police Headquarters tonight with more on the man's attorney's call for an investigation. Sean. Yeah, Barton Heather, a warning. The video, video you're about to watch is graphic and may be difficult for some viewers to watch. And we have edited it for timing purposes. But tonight, Colorado Springs police say their officers' actions in an October traffic stop with a homeless veteran were within policy. Hands behind my back. Yes, you're gonna be detained in handcuffs. Oh, no, I'm not. You're about to stand up. Body-worn camera shows Colorado Springs police officers forcibly removing 29-year-old Dalvin Gadsden from his vehicle on October 9th. According to the arresting officers, they pulled Gadsden over after they noticed he was driving well below the speed limit. It goes without saying that the force was used was unwarranted. It was excessive. Civil rights attorney Harry Daniels claims the three officers used police techniques that should have never been used on an unarmed person. The officers told Gadsden they were investigating him for driving under the influence after smelling marijuana in his car. Get on your stomach now! You have so many different uh, mechanisms that you can use. One, you can use a taser. You can use O2 spray. Uh, that's why those that's why those those non-lethal less uh, force less than lethal force things can be used uh, in those particular incidents, but they choose to they chose to uh, beat the hell out of Mr. Gatson. The officers claimed in court documents that Gatson assaulted them by kicking, scratching, and punching the officers. The officers also wrote in the arrest report that they found a knife in his car. Gatson was charged with felony assault on a police officer, but the Fourth Judicial District Attorney's Office dismissed those charges two weeks ago. You asked the question, why did he get out of the car? <laughs> because a, a simple traffic stop, unfortunately, in this country can turn deadly for so many people, especially people of color. Now, after an internal investigation by Springs Police found no issue with the officer's actions, Gadsden's attorneys want the state to step in and review the case. We'll be asking the Attorney General's Office of Colorado, uh, the District Attorney's Office, whoever who have the powers to be, to make a call and, and, uh, and do what's right here. Uh, an assault took place. Gatson still faces three misdemeanor charges. Those include driving under the influence, resisting arrest, and obstructing a police officer. Today, Colorado Springs police said they could not comment further on the incident because of an ongoing criminal investigation. You can watch the full video of Gatson's interaction with those police officers right now on KRDO.com. Reporting live in Colorado Springs, Sean Rice, 13 Investigates. Sean. Okay. That... I don't know, man. That's that's kind of excessive, right there. All right, let's get the article.
second. Here we are. Civil rights attorney Harry Daniels is seeking justice after the client was brutally beaten by police on October 9th. A black former Army National Guard helicopter mechanic named Dalvin Gadsden was forcibly removed from his vehicle and assaulted by three white officers in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dalvin Gadsden was a homeless veteran living out of his car as he worked to re-enlist and continuing serving his country. Gadsden's lawyer said in a news release last week, the attorney continued, but all these officers saw was a black man and they beat him for it smiling for the camera as he lay on the ground bleeding they beat him mercilessly and now he's afraid to go outside and the va can't see him to treat his injuries and ptsd until he had and ptsd till january in addition to the video one of the officers was photographed smiling as he showed off his bloody knuckles after the arrest the picture has since been shared on social media According to Daniel's statement, the attorney are calling for a criminal investigation and immediate action. Today, following the release of the stomach churning photos of Dalvin Gadsden, the attorney added that his client was not doing anything wrong leading up to the horrifying beating. He further explained that the police actions were not warranted. Officers initially pulled Gadsden over on October 9th, 2022, for not having a properly displayed license tag. But the incident quickly escalated when the additional officers arrived to the scene, claiming to smell marijuana. Which is a legal, which is legal in Colorado, he shared. Daniels concluded his release by describing the injuries the veteran suffered at the hands of the cops. He also listed the charges against the former mechanic. Gadsden received multiple injuries, including injuries to his eye, a ruptured eardrum, and PTSD. He was charged with two counts of second-degree assault on an officer, resisting arrest, obstructing a peace officer, driving under the influence, and driving without license plates. The civil rights attorney shared. I don't see how he was beating up officers or fighting back <clears throat> when the officers, three of them tackled him. Okay. Let's see what it shows on Twitter. Hey, stay in the car. Hey, let me see your hand, man. Both hands. Man, why are you trying to get out? All right, when do you get out of the car on a traffic stop? All right, man, so the reason I pulled you guys over... Hey, I'm doing good. The reason I pulled you guys over is because uh, there's no plates on this car. Do you have ID on you, sir? smell the weed from here. Is that coming from my car? Yeah. Yeah, like right away when I got, when I pulled him, he like tries to get out immediately. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for you guys to pull him out. It looks like there's a knife in the center console. And right, we're going to detain you, okay? Detain? Yep, you're under investigation for a DUI. All right, so stand up. All right, first you say he had marijuana, then you say DUI. Turn around. Hands behind your back. No, I'm not. You're about to stand up. Hands behind your back. Hands behind your back. No, I'm not. You're about to stand up. Hold on a second. 
no, I'm not. Okay, You're about you to stand up. You have marijuana. But, okay, you have marijuana, but it's legal in Colorado. What was the sense of? Victor nine one fighting. Stop fighting, bro. Quit fucking fighting. He's assaulting me. I'm not assaulting you, bro. Fuck out of the car. I'm not hitting my dog. Alright, let me get up. Let me get up. You ain't getting up. Hand on your back now. Put your fucking hands on your back. You done? Flip over now. You're on your best. Alright, let me go higher. Put your hand behind your back! My nigga, my nigga, get on your stomach now! What the fuck did I do? Now! What the fuck did I do? Come on. You're under arrest. Wow. You dumb f. Dude, holy s. Dude, I fing. I fing drew down on him when you were hitting him. Cowards. That's all I can say is cowards. Big, overgrown cowards. And what? Here's a tweet from Aretha Grant. I'm not going to share the pics, but search Davin Gallison. That these guys wouldn't dare do this one on one. You have to gang up on people. Um, you smell marijuana, but it's legal in your state. So this was basically you did this intentionally, being racist. I hope he does. Uh, I hope Dalvin Gadsden gets justice. That's all I could say. Go to GoFundMe. Do whatever you have to do, man. Do whatever you have to do to get justice. That's all I could tell you. Because it's, it's just it's despicable, man. It's really freaking despicable. What's going on? Oh, but there's no racism. There's no racism in this country, right? That's what the Republicans will have you, you gaslight you to say. There is no racism. And they'll get a black man to say it. That's what they'll do. They will get a black man to say that. South Carolina Republican Congressman introduces resolution to place 
Zelensky bus in U.S. capital. As it, once again, there is no racism in America. America is not a racist country, but you got the bust of a white supremacist president of Ukraine that is basically white supremacy land. It's a Disneyland for neo-Nazis and skinheads, basically. One Republican said, was the hundred plus billion to Ukraine not enough? South Carolina Republican Congressman is introducing the, a resolution that could, if passed, place a bust of Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky at the U.S. Capitol. The resolution was introduced by Republican Joe Wilson, Republican of South Carolina, on Monday and would direct the Fine Arts Board to obtain a bust of Zelensky for display in the House of Representatives, wing of the United States Capitol. Okay. Resolved that the House of Representatives directs the Fine Arts Board to obtain a bust of the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, to display in a suitable permanent location in the House of Representatives wing of the United States Capitol. The resolution states, the resolution doesn't have any co-sponsors, but it already has opposition from a Republican. Okay. This is what Republican Andy, Andy Biggs has to say. There is now a House resolution that seeks to put a display of Zelensky's head in the U.S. Capitol. And, you know, he says, already said it was 100 plus billion to Ukraine, not enough. Okay. A spokesperson for Wilson didn't immediately respond to respond to a request for comment from Fox News Digital. Okay. I wonder how you know, the American people feel. I wonder if any of the American people are waking up to seeing that uh, Joe Biden is supporting a white supremacist and Republicans are doing this. I wonder if, how many American citizens are waking up to the, to the notion that both political parties are the same, both are racist, both are warmongering, warmongering both want minorities at the bottom especially blacks and they're gonna make sure that stays the way it is okay i wonder if they're seeing that okay but sadly from what i can tell you have a lot of people who are democrat and progressive they still want to support zelensky they still see ukraine as this helpless country fighting for freedom against big bad russia when it's ukraine that is trying to join up with nato and nato has a very ugly history of oppressing other nations okay all right on to the next article about these uh classified documents that the white house that the white house has confirmed biden had a second set of classified documents let's get into that right real quick all right why else can 
confirms Biden had second set of class. The files dated for his from his time as vice president with the first batch reportedly covering Ukraine and Iran. Hmm. President Joe Biden's lawyers found classified government documents in a, in a garage at his house in Delaware. White House Special Counsel Richard Solberg said on Thursday, Biden admitted days earlier that had a, that a first tranche of files had been kept in a Pennsylvania think tank office. The lawyers found a small number of additional Obama Biden administration records with classified markings in a storage space in Biden's garage. Silver said in a statement, adding that Biden's legal team had handled the files over to the Department of Justice. Silver did not explain how long the documents had been in Biden's garage or when they were discovered. The statement confirmed media reports on Wednesday on the discovery of a second batch of files. These reports came three days after CBS News revealed that a first batch of documents were discovered in early November at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, an organization affiliated with the University of Pennsylvania. Reportedly stored in a box alongside unclassified materials, the Biden Center documents included sensitive information on Ukraine, Iran, and the UK. CNN reported on Tuesday, this dash was uncovered when Biden's attorneys were prepared to vacate an office space at the center, Sober said. Biden told reporters on Thursday that he was surprised to learn of the discovery, adding that he doesn't know what's in the documents. Lies. The Justice Department is currently conducting a review of the files. However, it is still unclear whether the Attorney General Merrick Garland's plans on appointing a special counsel to investigate the president as he did the last year over President Donald Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents. According to a Nasby source Bloomberg report on Thursday, Garland has considered such a move. Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida was raided by armed FBI agents last August in a pre-dawn operation that recovered hundreds of government documents Trump's that he just he clouds before taking them to and accused the Biden administration and FBI of orchestrating a witch hunt against him in a bid to thwart his 2024 election campaign. Before the White House admitted that Biden also kept government documents on his property, the president condemned the Trump for doing the same. Biden told CBS News in September that he wondered how that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. He's just plain dumb. That's how I'm seeing it. Okay. Here's a quote from <clears throat> a comment from El Degastator. Does anyone know President Barack Obama's feelings on the subject? I would hate to think what top secret for your eyes only files Hunter Biden might have shown his boss, Igor Kolonsky, at Burisma. So go figure. Another one from Michael B. Of course, Biden will deny everything. Or does he, he just plainly forget everything? The man's cognitive function is totally shot to hell. He would fail cognitive tests if one was administered today. Media avoids talking points on this, even called wife uh, his sister by mistake in his latest gaffe. Who knows? Who knows about that? Maybe, who, who knows? He may be telling the truth. <laughs> hey, hey, there's a lot of family secrets and families and people who get into the White House, they have a bunch of skeletons in their closet, more like a graveyard. Biden was going to send them to WikiLeaks. Another one. Didn't did you know the founder of Wagner, Dmitry Yukin, has Nazi tattoos on his neck? And that he named the group Wagner after Hitler's favorite composer. Interesting. 
Sit to Gobi, what kind of idiot goes from story to story posting the same lies and crap? Come up with a better line troll. The CIA is not paying you enough. Yeah. Another one. Hmm. Let's see. Garland sends in all the troops for a major bust on Trump's house over classified documents, but goes whole home when Biden does the same thing. A blatant double standard. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That's all we could say. Who knows? All right. Next story up. I'm telling you, man, they're they coming out of nowhere. I mean, ever since this uh, Ukraine, um, ever since this Ukraine situation, a lot of these white supremacists are getting bolder and bolder. But luckily, this happened, which was a good thing. I'll tell you that much. But it happened, good thing. That's what I could say. Okay. One second here. So let me, uh, sorry, I'm having some technical difficulties here. Corpse kicked out recruit after discovering photos of him attending a neo-Nazi Patriot Front rally. The Marine Corps dismissed a man from its delayed entry program after he admitted that he belonged to an extremist group before enlisting to serve. In September, Christopher Simok became a police recruit who trains with Marine Corps recruiters. But in November, images appeared on social media of Simok appearing to attend a rally for a white nationalist group, Patriot Front. The pictures were posted on Twitter account that belongs to the Atlantic branch of Antifa. You know, a group of, uh, you know, privileged white boys in the suburbs that put on and go to uh, the city to destroy businesses, especially businesses that belong to people and minorities. After pictures popped up online, a spokesperson Marine Corps Command said that the institution had become aware that the police may have linked to an this is him, right? Okay. This week, the Corps announced that the executive officer of the Marine Corps recruit station in Tampa had conducted a preliminary inquiry into the Pooley Pass that began in December. Okay. During the inquiry, Mr. Steemer 
admitted that he had been affiliated with neo-Nazi and anti-Semite groups, active on social media and activist demonstrations, read the release from the corpse. Simak additionally claimed that the reason he failed to tell Marine Corps about this affiliation with the groups is because he allegedly broke ties with them one month prior to his original enlistment. That is a lie. The release added that it takes allegations of racism, fascism, and other forms of discrimination seriously. In the case of the RS recruiting station, Tampa found it was in the best interest of national security to not let Mr. Simak remain within the DEP blade entry program. It went on. Simak alleged part of a several white supremacist hate groups, including Patriot Front, the National Social Movement, and the Goyim Defense League. Wow. Wow. The Goyim Defense. Yeah, they they uh they read the Talmud and they got really they got really upset about that. But the problem is with some of these people that okay, yes, you do have um you do have some you do have some Jews that are into the Talmud, okay? But that is not all Jews. There are different Jews that are into different things. Some Jews are atheists. Some Jews are into religion. Some Jews are not. And all Jews cannot be brought, put into the same, you know, the same uh, lane as those who are into the Talmud. You don't know what the Talmud is? Talmud is basically, it's like, it, it's... It's supremacy, basically what it is. It's supremacy. It's nationalism, supremacy, basically. It's the same thing without the swastika. According to the Anti-Defamation League, Patriot Front has been responsible for the vast majority of white supremacist propaganda distributed in the United States in, the, in recent years. It roots its behavior in the belief that its European ancestors conquered America and that it therefore belongs to them alone. The National Socialist Movement is a small neo-Nazi group that is primarily known for holding public rallies and protests dressed in Nazi-style uniforms. The Goyim Defense League is a small group of scattered individuals responsible for the dozens of anti-Semitic propaganda events each year the loose network is united by its hatred of jews okay yeah sure sure you uh <laughs> yeah sure you broke up with a, you broke off with them a month before enlisting Christopher LeBuck, a.k.a. Christopher Simak, relocated to Spokane, Washington last month. He has now officially affiliated with the National Socialist Movement. LeBuck, Simak is likely staying with NSM leaders Eddie McBride and Jamie McBride. Okay. Second year. What's going on here? Hold on. Here we go. All right.
So the Department of Defense, of Defense will allow military members to belong to extremist groups as long as they are not active participants. So you can be a neo-Nazi as long as you're not active neo-Nazi. The Defense Department attempts to eliminate the presence of far-right extremists from its active duty roster became even more pronounced in the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol breach. There remains, however, a challenge in attempting to implement a social media vetting process to identify extremists during the recruitment process. Kathleen Kamlinski, the program director at the Center for a New American Security, told military.com that the social media vetting responsibility was primarily that of recruiters and unit level commanders, but it is unclear exactly how stringently it must be implemented and what precisely it should entail. What happens if someone has an anonymous account? How many searches on Google are they supposed to go through? Everyone says they like it's not an endorsement. What if they like a neo-Nazi page, she said. It's like they low-key, the Department of Defense low-key allows people not actively being in uh, fascist and supremacist groups, but uh, they're there, okay? And as long, you know, and then when they get power, when they get access into um, certain ranks in the military, that's when the chaos starts. So like, you know, what you're seeing here is slowly more and more this country government is going to be like, you know, Nazi Germany. That's what's gonna happen. And minorities are going to feel it hard. They're going to feel it. And um, you're gonna have some blacks who are gonna regret voting. For Joe Biden. That's what's going to happen. One second. Okay, so let's talk about this dossier right now. One minute. Who's like, who's who going to be there at the, uh, World, World Economic Forum. Give me one minute. Okay, so Dossier acquires confidential Davos attendees, all right? 
List includes the likes of FBI Director Chris Ray, the CEOs of Amazon, BlackRock, and Pfizer, top officials at the Gates Foundation and in the Soros Network, and the publisher of the New York Times. Dossier has acquired a confidential list of every individual, including some government officials who will be in attendance for the World Economic Forum's WEF annual summit in Davos, Switzerland next week. Okay, the attendees list is a massive roster of some of the most influential diabolical forces in the corporate, government, and nonprofit world. This sounds like, you know, DC supervillain, you know, a DC supervillains, you know, convention. Real villains, though. From the United States, this includes the likes of FBI Director Chris Ray, the CEOs of Amazon, BlackRock, and Pfizer, top officials at the Gates Foundation and the Source Network publisher of the New York Times, to name a few. The World Economic Forum, WF, through its annual Davos Conference, acts as the go-to in-person, invite-only, and close to ideological outsiders' policy and ideas shop for the global ruling class. The World Economic Forum is a fanatically political organization masquerading as a neutral entity with specific policy goals that involve centralizing power, into the possession of hand-picked global elites as the only means to save the earth from the claimed climate emergency. We all know that's not what it's about. This is just a scheme to just have a way to control people and to depopulate the population around the world. I know, sounds like something out of a James Bond. Um, James Bond, DC Snyder Universe movie. World Economic Forum is the chief coalition builder of what amounts to a public-private fascist movement. Over the years, they've been partnered with the most influential individuals in business, along with central bankers, government head honchos, and international organizations in order to facilitate their top-down vision of technocratic tyranny, or what they call stakeholder capitalism. The WF seeks to deliberately roll back human progress, innovation, and personal flourishing, flourishing under the guise of saving the planet from a so-called climate emergency. Big excuse. For the past several weeks, the dossier has been dedicating significant resources to reporting on the ins and outs of the upcoming Davos conference. All right. As a matter of public interest, the legitimate journalist reporting, the dossier is publishing the entire document below, which were modified with the necessary redactations to protect personal information. Okay. I'm telling you, man, this, this stuff is absolutely crazy that's what i could tell you all right absolutely insane what could you do in this world man what could you do try to stock up on food try to uh try to survive that's all you could do All right, next up. One second. 
talk about what's going on with uh, this trial of Andrew Tate. Let's talk about that. to that real quick. Tate, the so-called king of toxic masculinity, who's been arrested by Romanian authorities over sex trafficking and rape claims. Here in Bucharest, like much of the world, he's a divisive figure. I don't like him at all. I can say that I hate him. I, I don't see why people would hate him. He has the freedom to do whatever he chooses and pleases. I think he's a bad influencer. He said some wrong stuff about women, but at the same time, I think he guided like a lot of young boys, you know, through depression and struggles and like that. Tate has been outspoken about his views on women. In a video that recently resurfaced from his banned YouTube channel, he said the women that stayed with him could not go out. They're not allowed out. Like, oh, Tate's away, so they go out with their friends. No, 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 no. You don't go to the club with your friends. No. You stay in the house. And this is the compound that those women would have been staying in. Well, this is Andrew. This is not looking good for Tate. This is really not looking good for Tate. Tate's property in the Bucharest suburb of Voluntari. And this is often referred to as a luxury mansion. But if you look at it from outside, well, it looks more like a, a, a warehouse in a fairly dusty, tatty street rather than something terribly plush. You get a different story, though, when you peer through that gate over there. Some, some small gaps, and we can see through that. And there are four luxury cars lined up there. One of them, a, a Rolls-Royce Wraith, very expensive vehicle. You can also see a swimming pool and statues. You can see kickboxing paraphernalia. And the name Tate has been put up on two of the walls. We know that on that side of these walls, there is a very highly appointed, very expensively maintained property. So once again, we've got this kind of curious duality of the luxury and plush side of that life over here and here, this rather drab exterior. But it was here at the end of December that Andrew and Tristan Tate along with two other women arrested by Romanian police who say that this property is the heart of a web of criminal enterprise that has involved rape and trafficking. It is, of course, an allegation 
that the Tate brothers deny. After seeing the Tate brothers' compound, I headed to the courtroom where their hearings are being held. Well, Tate's most recent court appearance happened here in the Bucharest Court of Appeal. They were in that courtroom behind me in a hearing held in private. Went on for five and a half hours. Journalists like me were thrown out of the room just before the Tate brothers arrived. And there is huge amount of interest in their case here in Romania, in Britain, and of course around the world. A lot of people want to know how this story ends, because if convicted of people trafficking, organized crime, rape, the Tate brothers face years and years in prison. It is a complex tale, so to hear what's next for the Tate brothers, make sure to follow Sky News on social. That, that. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> this, this. Oh, man. Like I said, it's not looking good for Tate. At all. It is not looking good at all. There's another article that just doesn't put them in a good light. All right, here we go. WhatsApp message from Andrew Tate, two-third accuser, said, I loved raping you. Andrew Tate sent a sexual assault, sent a sexual assault accuser a series of texts about rape, according to Vice News. They were part of the evidence UK police collected while investigating Tate between 2015 and 2019. Ultimately, the Crown Protection Service did not pursue rape charges against Tate in 2019. A series of messages were released by Vice World News on Wednesday. They appeared to show the misogynic influencer and ex-kickboxer Andrew Tate boasting about raping a woman. The text and Vice, when, I'm sorry, voice messages released by the outlet came come a day after the Tate failed to secure his release from Romanian jail in the middle of a sex trafficking investigation into him and his brother. According to Vice reporting, Tate sent a woman who accused him of rape in 2013 threatening messages after the incident, including one where he said he enjoyed it. Love raping you, Tate said in one of the texts shared with Vice. Monsters are monsters. When you're under my control, I do whatever I please. Spokesperson for Hertfordshire Police confirmed to Insider that Tate was arrested on December 17, 2015. Over that um, allegation, Tate had been arrested earlier the same year over allegations to other women who also spoke to Vice. One accusing of rape, the other of violent assault, saying he strangled her. He was arrested over those allegations on July 18th, 2015, police confirmed to Insider. The UK's Crown Prosecution Service did not bring charges in any of the cases. The third accuser shared texts with which she said Tate sent her after he raped her. She gave those messages to the police. She said Insider could not independently verify them. The woman who used the alias Amelia told Vice that she and Tate had known each other since 2009 began dating in 2013. The first night that she went over to Tate's apartment, she told the publication that a switch had flipped 
after she told him she did not want to have sex that night, got up and looked at him and went, what's wrong? The woman told Vice, this guy literally laid there and went, I'm just debating whether I should rape you or not. Whoa. She told that outlet that Tate strangled and raped her for after that moment, calling it, calling her his property and asking, who do you belong to? Some of this videos, Tate had made similar comments calling women the property of men and has advocated for violence against women in the context of infidelity. Six months later, the woman had filed a police report and by 2015, she was contacted by the Hertzshire police as they sought evidence on Tate. At that moment, she turned over her phone, which includes text with Tate after the incident per vice. The voice notes provided by the woman from Tate struck a microbee tenure tenure as well. My bad person because the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. Tate can be heard saying one of the voice notes per vice adding that he wanted to pin her you down and make you do things you didn't like. The message painted a grim picture of the evening Amelia described to Vice. Didn't like it that I was thinking I could do whatever I want to you. Tate said in one voice note provided to the outlet. That's what it is. I'm the smartest person on this fucking planet. <sighs> she told Vice that after Tate sent her a video of him breaking a baseball bat on his shin, she never saw him in person again. He also sent a voice note with the video, according to Vice. I'm one of the most dangerous men on the planet, Tate said in the video. For Vice, sometimes you forget exactly how lucky you are to get effed by me. There's some things you could take from Tate. And, you know, there's some things you can't because there are things that he talks, he sounds smart. There's other times when he talks, it's just like, it's a blithering idiot. Sorry, that, that, that's how I see Tate. You know, there are things he talks are smart. And other times when he talks, he's completely off. Among the dozen of messages and voice notes that Tate sent the woman in the, is a voice note which she says, am I a bad person because the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. I effing loved how much you hated it. Turn me on. Why am I like that? Okay. See what he had to say. Am I a bad person? Because the, the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. I fucking loved how much you hated it. Turn me on. Why am I like that? Why? I am one of the most dangerous men on this planet. Sometimes you forget exactly how lucky you were to get fucked by me. Would you rather me pin you down and make you do things you didn't like, or would you rather fuck You didn't like that I was thinking I can do whatever I want to you. That's what it is. I'm the smartest person on this fucking planet. Are you seriously so offended I strangled you a little bit? You oh. fucking pass out? Chill the fuck out. Jesus Christ. I thought you were cool. What's wrong with you? Wow, Tate. Wow. <laughs> Sheesh, man. Uh... Ultimately, the Crown Prosecution Service did not 
uh, decided not to pursue charges against Tate in 2019 and previously told decided that it did not prosecute Tate because it saw no realistic prospect of a conviction. Spokesperson told Insider on Thursday that its statement has not changed in the light of the latest reports. Tate's lawyer did not immediately return Insider's request for comment. Andrew Tate has monetized his views through his paid video subscription program, Hustle University, where he has amassed tens of millions of dollars in a legion of largely male followers, according to BuzzFeed News. Tate, his brother Tristan, and two Romanian women were arrested in December on charges related to Romanian, Romanian human trafficking and rape investigation into the four. They are accused of exploiting women in the country to produce pornography and are also facing separate rape accusation. After losing an appeal on Tuesday, all four defendants will remain in detention at least through the end of January. I mean, when Tate was talking, man, he did say some things that kind of made you think. I question him when he's talking about those webcam models okay that had me thinking and you have them he's saying he has them he paid he has you know them doing these uh you know for simps and he gets a cut oh, boy. that really clicked in my brain okay this dude's a pimp dude's a pimp all right that's what i'm thinking and um I look at this dude with a side eye, man. I do. More facts, more evidence. Do I think he did this? Do I think he did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until I'm proven otherwise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it. <laughs> That's what I think. All right. I really do think he did. I think he did it. Until I'm proven otherwise, he's guilty in my eyes. Sorry. That's how I see it. All right. talk about um, Colombia's vice president how she escaped an assassination attempt get into that okay Colombia Vice President Francia Marquez targeted with roadside bomb in an apparent assassination attempt. Colombia's Vice President Francia Marquez, the country's first black female vice president, claimed that there was an assassination attempt against her after her protection detail found a bomb near her family home. Vice President took it to social media to announce that there was an attempt on her life. She claimed that the roadside bomb was planted 
on the road leading to our family home in the village of Yolombo in Suarez, Kakua, in Southwest Colombia. The BBC pointed out that before she came, became Colombia's vice president, another assassination attempt targeted her in 2019, and she was then an environmentalist activist fighting big mining companies. She had been facing death threats all her life. This was just the latest one. The explosive was found by a bomb sniffing dog that patrolled an, an area near VP's home. It was described as a seven kilogram, 15 pound bomb buried next to a rural road. It was made to made of ammonium nitrate, powdered aluminum, and shrapnel. The device was hidden inside a plastic bag, a a plastic bag according to authorities, and the shrapnel was used with nails. According to the Associated Press, Columbia Anti-Explosive Safety got rid of the bomb by blowing it up using a controlled explosion on Monday. The vice president remained defiant despite the unsuccessful attempt on her life. She released a statement, social media, we will stop, not, we will not stop working day by day to achieve the total peace that Colombia dreams of require and requires. Marquez was elected last September as President Gustavo Petro's running mate. They ran on a platform of peace and equality, promising to continue negotiations with the ELN rebels, increase taxes on the wealthy, and increase government spending. Hmm. Vice President Marquez's rise from poverty was described as many as a true success story. She went from life of poverty as she started out cleaning homes before fighting for her community's ancestral land rights at the age of 13. She soon rose to prominence as one of Latin America's most prolific environmental activists fighting for Afro-Colombians and indigenous communities against big landowners, mining companies, and illegal miners. One Earth even called her a climate hero as she continued her environmental advocacy as Colombia's second most powerful person. She became an icon in the Afro-Colombian community, promoting cultural and land rights as well as educating farmers in her native Arua region on sustainable agricultural techniques. Her ties to the Afro-Colombian community also guaranteed votes from Black Colombians securing the victory for petrol. She is also a big women's rights activist, leading many women's marches as well as having plenty of advocacy centering on women in Colombia. On her way to the vice presidency, she overcame not just poverty, but the classism, racism, and sexism that are prevalent in the country. Hmm. Right. Wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. tried to uh, have her knocked off because, you know, they like to get things of illegal gain, especially, you know, resources from other countries without having to deal with anybody telling them what to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if the United States government tried to bump her off. Okay. Okay. You know, I always said that, uh, personally think sometimes when it comes to adoption uh, the kid should go if you're going to put a kid of a different ethnic group into a home of a different ethnic group like a black child with a white foster parents you better grill those parents good the same thing if a white child is going to a black foster, foster parent grill those foster parents real good 
okay? Because too much of stuff like this has been happening. To be quite honest, I'm tired of dealing with stories like this. I really am. I'm really tired of it. But I do it because it has to be known. And they gotta be called out for the animals that they are. That's how I see it. was alleged that actually the child was being tortured by making him sleep um, on a wooden platform with no beddings. Uh, he was made to, he was stripped naked and that's how he'd spend his entire day without clothes and he was given cold food and um, uh, he wasn't attending school. This was a special needs child. Could you imagine what would have happened if this kid was blind, couldn't speak, and they had to suffer this torture by these animals? And I'm not being racist, but this is true. You have a lot of white couples, perverts, white sickos that go to African countries and molest kids because they know they color of their skin, they're, they're looked upon as gods. So nobody really questioned them and they could bribe, you know, they would bribe the government. There are a lot of white Christian missionaries. Not all of them are like that, but you have them that, you know, they're not Christians, just perverts, demons that hold the name Christian and they go around and doing this sick crap. They go to missionaries and they go to missionary fields and they do horrible and sick kids to black kids in Africa. Some of them are caught. Uh, I know stories that they've been punished by the African governments. This is, but this is, you know, it's happened a lot more than you think.
it's terrible, man. It's it's extremely terrible. All right. What are your thoughts on uh, foster care when they want to have kids from different cultures adopted by um, different ethnic groups? What are your thoughts on that? What do you think about that? Let me know in the comments. So we're going to talk about Canada's health care right now. It seems that it's not always cracked up to be. Fair use, fair use. I'll get your little girl fixed up or, or something along those lines. One second. This is about a 37 year old dies waiting in an emergency room with her husband. It's about the health crisis in Canada. Anyways. And uh, I just told her, like, it's, it's not my daughter, it's my wife. And she said, oh, well, well, we're going to help. So uh, we did that. The lady put a mask on me and a mask on my wife. And I continued to the next set of the double doors and uh, and uh, went towards the wheelchairs there. And uh, there was another security that came up and asked if she could help. And I just need a wheelchair for her. So I started to grab one of the, the bigger, wider ones, the wheelchairs they have there. You would suggest that you use one of the narrow ones. I didn't know why, but I'm sure there was a reason that was beyond my my knowledge. So, sure, I put on that. So I rolled her up.